Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Monday, June 17. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for a new start. Thank you for the ability to be able to read your word. Again, Lord, we just ask for your continued blessing, for your insight into our lives. May we be able to see from the scripture application as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, today I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT, Amos chapter 9. Subheading, A Vision of God at the Altar Then I saw a vision of the Lord standing beside the altar. He said, Strike the tops of the temple columns so that the foundation will shake. Bring down the roof on the heads of the people below. I will kill with the sword those who survive. No one will escape. Even if they dig down to the, pal- to the place of the dead, I will reach down and pull them up. Even if they climb up into the heavens, I will bring them down. Even if they hide at the very top of Mount Carmel, I will search them out and capture them. Even if they hide at the bottom of the ocean, I will send the sea serpent after them to bite them. Even if their enemies drive them into exile, I will command the sword to kill them there. I am determined to bring disaster upon them and not to help them. The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, touches the land and it melts and all its people mourn. The ground rises like the Nile River at flood time and then it sinks again. The Lord's home reaches up to the heavens while its foundation is on the earth. He draws up water from the oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. Are you Israelites more important to me than the Ethiopians? asks the Lord. I brought Israel out of Egypt, but I also brought the Philistines from Crete and led the Armenians out of Kir, or Arameans out of Kir. I, the sovereign Lord, am watching the sinful nation of Israel. I will destroy it from the face of the earth, but I will never completely destroy the family of Israel, says the Lord. For I will give the command, and I will shake Israel along with the other nations, as grain is shaken in a sieve. Yet not one true kernel will be lost, but all the sinners will die by the sword, all those who say, nothing bad will happen to us. Subheading, A Promise of Restoration In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins I will rebuild it and restore its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, and he will do these things. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there, in their own land." They will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. All right. Um, Our question for today is this. How do these hints that God has acted in parallel with the Bible story challenge your understanding of Christian history? And what additional questions does this raise for you? So some context to this would probably be helpful. Yeah, why don't you do and that? So, and Nathan, when he, what he was doing is that he, as he read this text and he talks about it today in the Daily Walk, and so I want to encourage you to read it, but he basically draws on the fact that, uh, that 
Amos here uh, talks about some of the historical elements that are taking place inside here, how they were released from Egypt and, and they were rescued from Egypt and they're rescued from other places. And so he talks about the fact that there are other empires going on and, and there is this kind of narrative inside the Bible where God always works with the underprivileged. Mm. And if God is always working with the underprivileged, the story of history is often told from those who are privileged. Well, yeah, pretty much always told. <laughs> and so the story, the story of the underprivileged is, is never really told. And so, and so there's this there's this kind of tension inside there. And how? So the question then, like he says, this: How do these hints that God has acted in parallel with the Bible story challenge your understanding of Christian history? I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that, but. It always feels to me as if the Bible stories themselves are told from a perspective of privilege in the sense that there are these nations that are always utterly vanquished by Israel and their story is not told. We don't see anything from their point of view. It is from the victor's point of view and the victor happens to be Israel. So in the Bible, Israel doesn't feel like much of an underdog because they consistently have... God on their side. Uh, well, I don't. You know, I, I, I understand don't, that in some cases think, when think, they're yeah. in slavery, etc., they're a bit of an underdog. But they still have God on their side, which is they do, they helpful, do. But they also have out. this huge swath, you know, between the, the first and second Kings and the first and second Chronicles. Those parallel books that tell the stories, and, and the ju- Book of Judges before that, um, that that kind of tell this journey of the cycles that they go through, where they're just constantly going back and forth, where they are. This king was following God. This king wasn't. This judge was following God. This judge wasn't following God. And I think that there were were a lot of times where they were in sync with God and times where they were not in sync with God, with other empires. And this book of Amos, I mean, it's talking about the fact well, that they are going to be destroyed. this is a question I keep coming destroyed. back to. Did they even know when they were in sync with God or not in yes. sync with God? Yes. Are you sure about that? Yes. That it wasn't so that's arbitrary why, that they actually the, can't tell? No, I, I think that's why the... Because it often feels that way. Like, oh, well, and now they're not in sync with me. Why? Well, because I said I think that's so. why that's why the prophets would often say things like... Uh, the prophets or the kings would actually suddenly say, we repent, we actually will do this, or they discovered, like, we haven't read the scroll, we haven't actually read the word of God, we are not following the ways of what God has called us to. And they recognized this, and they actually recorded... Uh, the shift. I will not be like my father, or I will be like my father. Here's the thing. Everybody kind of dogs on them because they had all these um, very detailed rules that they followed, you know, hundreds and hundreds of them, right? Mm -hmm. The Pharisees in particular Mm -hmm. are a good example of that, and that really they were supposed to be doing something else. Mm -hmm. But then why bother to confuse people by setting out hundreds and hundreds of rules and acting as if they're a big deal, and then saying, wait a minute, I don't want you to focus on that. I just want you to love your neighbor as yourself. What's your problem? Like you can see where the people might think well, that they who, are doing the right thing. The, who set all the rules? God. Well, if we accept no, the fact that God is the one who told no, Moses to write the rules, well, well, then I think we would have to say that it was God. Or we could go with what I think, which is more that it was Moses. I, and I think maybe that be maybe a perception that actually has been construed and drawn out of the Bible that actually is not entirely true because when you look at Deuteronomy and you look at look at the the text of what actually Moses was saying that God was sharing with them the rules were very very simple to be human to be human to not be a slave to to recognize your identity was to love God and to love humanity and he put them in the decalogue he put them in the 10 commandments and then he gave them some principles of you know, health and principles of, of life, and, and they actually abided them. What happened is that later on, when things started to get held skelter, when they went out of control, they created extra rules that were not given 
that were their rabbinical rules that they created extra to that that became this heavy burden. Mm. So by the time Jesus arrives on the scene where he says, I've got to go down to planet Earth and kind of reset the clock. And that's why he says, you've heard it said, and, or you, you've misunderstood who God the Father is, who I am, who the Holy Spirit are, what we're trying to say to you. And he tries to bring them back. That's why he says, I didn't come here to destroy the law or to destroy the way. I'm just trying to show you that you've lost your way. Jeremiah says this at the end, that uh, I actually wanted to write all the time the law of God in your hearts and in your mind, and you just made this kind of like burden on people. So yeah, I think they got it, but I think they misunderstood how to use that kind of tension inside there. And we've actually made it, we've made it heavy, and it shouldn't be so heavy. Well, why though? Why would people must have some reason for thinking it needs to I be think, made heavy? I think it's control. Mm. I think we like control. That's why we legislate every single thing that we need to do. We, we don't know how to live in communities sometimes, so we legislate absolutely everything. It's just common sense and it's kind of missing in some, some capacities. Like the neurons, don't, they don't fire. Mm. <laughs> and what you think is like, that's common sense. Like, oh, no, that's not common sense to somebody else. Well, this is true. It is missing. So let me uh, repeat the question one more time. Um, how do these hints that God has acted in parallel with the Bible story challenge your understanding of Christian history? What additional questions does it raise for you? Think about that. Talk with your friends about it today. Look after each other. Live love. And we will connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers. Look after each other and live love. Mm-hmm.